You have queued up The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition, we visit with composer Miguel Frasconi, widely known for work with instruments made from glass and also a master of analog electronic sound. Frasconi's early influences, remarkable family history, a who's who of collaborators and encounters from John Hassel to John Cage, are all explored in this candid exchange of conversation and concert excerpts from the Roulette Concert Archive plus a bonus track recorded at the Hotel Utah in San Francisco. This is Miguel Frasconi. My name is Miguel Frasconi. I'm a composer, performer, instrument finder, breaker, player. I'm mostly known for playing glass instruments since I've been doing that for 45 years. I started a group called the Glass Orchestra up in Toronto in 1977 and was in that band for 
10 years or so, but I've been playing solo glass since then, although not so much the last two years. The last two years I've been focusing on analog electronics. I've studied composition back in the day with uh, John Cage and James Tenney, electronic music with Richard Teitelbaum and David Rosenboom, and South Indian music with John Higgins and Trishi Shankaran. Those six people are my main gurus. I've also worked quite a bit with um, John Hassel and uh, play on four of his earlier albums. Also worked quite closely uh, starting in about 2004 with Mort Zabotnik. And I was for a very long time when I moved back to New York in the group Nextworks. I've recently been writing a bit about my mem memories growing up. Uh, looking back and putting it in context of the late 20th century, it was quite interesting. My parents were friends with folks like Pete Seeger, Jerry Mulligan, Nat Hentoff, and they would uh, visit the house quite often. My parents would have uh, dinner parties um, on many weekends. In fact, um, the first person who showed me how to play glass instruments when I was still in high school was um, Fred Hellerman of the Weavers, that folk group back in the 50s. They made that song, Goodnight Irene, quite famous. But anyway, at a dinner party, well, I don't know if it was a party, but it was like eight people together around a table. I heard this sort of ethereal sound that seemed to be emanating from the walls. It wasn't coming from any place directly. And so I was looking around and there was Fred doing the finger along the rim of the wine glass thing with a big grin on his face. And I'd never seen that before. I mean, I was maybe uh, 14, 15. Um, so, of course, the next day I took all my parents' stemware down to the basement and made my first uh, glass instrument. dad was also a commercial artist doing a lot of book covers and LP album covers but he also did a lot of political work and a lot of his fine art work is in uh, the collection of Museum of Modern Art and at the Metropolitan and at the um, New York Public Library and in museums throughout the world so he is considered a woodcut master I'm not sure if I mentioned his name, it was Antonio Frasconi, and he passed away a few years ago. Another thing about um, my parents, specifically my dad, uh, one of the reasons uh, my dad came to this country from, from Uruguay in 1945 
was because of jazz and because of movies. My dad was a huge Duke Ellington fan. I think in the household that I grew up, there were two gods. <laughs> there was Duke Ellington and there was Pablo Picasso. Um, those were the two deities of the Frasconi family. But I think what really started me on this journey that I've been on, perhaps when I was eight years old, eight or nine, and my elementary school went on a field trip to the local symphony. I remember thinking, listening to, I think it was Ives' third symphony, it was like, this is not like anything I've ever experienced as music. There's no melodies and I can't tap my foot to it. But what it, in my young brain, what it did remind me of was weather. And so afterwards, I just thought to myself, if a human being can create something like weather, that's what I want to learn how to do.
My brother, my older brother, started studying film up at York University in Toronto, and I was looking, you know, wondering whether I should go to college or not. And I saw uh, the catalog for the music department with a class taught by David Rosenboom called Sonic Imagery and Improvisation. And it was like, oh, okay, there we go. That's where I'm going to go. And I did. And fortunately, it was uh, sort of like uh, York University in the mid-late 70s was sort of like the Cal Arts of the North. I studied with, um, well, first with Richard Teitelbaum and then Richard left and James Tenney came. And then up there, I also got to meet John Cage and would meet him at his apartment in New York to play chess and hang out and watch him work and play him some of my pieces. And uh, and that was educational. And then also up at York, I met um, uh, John Hassel came to work on his first uh album, Vernal Equinox, and I played on that. And then the next three albums he did, I played on and toured Europe with him. And then meanwhile, I also started that that group, the Glass Orchestra, and we toured Europe. So then I left Toronto because Ronald Reagan got voted in as president, and I felt it was my duty to come back to the States and try to get him out of office. And of course, that didn't work very well. So I hung out in New York for a little while in the mid-80s and, uh, and then moved to the Bay Area. Mainly I was involved, well first I went out there to be involved in Gamelan because I was a founding member of the group up in Toronto called the Evergreen Club Contemporary Gamelan Ensemble. And I was in that group for a couple of years and then went to Bali in Java in 86 to study Gamelan there. And then when I came back, I moved to California to play more gamelan, and I was in the Bay Area, New Gamelan with Jody Diamond, and Berkeley Gamelan with Dan Schmidt. And oh, and also through John Hassel, I met the amazing J.A. Dean, a.k.a. Dino, who recently passed away. I first met him in New York, and we toured Europe with Hassel, and then he was in the Bay Area when I moved out there, so we started working together out there. sort of culminated with working with uh, dance pioneer Anna Halperin. As some people might know, in the late, in 58 through 60 or so, Anna's uh, music directors were Terry Riley and Lamont Young. And I was her music director between 1999 and 2003 or so. And through Anna, I met Mort Sabotnik. And through Mort, I met Joan LaBarbera, and then through Joan, I started playing with Nextworks. Mm -hmm. 
And so since the pandemic, I've been um, holed up here in my house in Connecticut, the house I grew up in, playing my uh, analog electronics. And um, I'm going a little stir-crazy. And then my other activities these days, I have an ongoing trio with um, Katie Down, another glass player, and Jeffrey Leppendorf, a wonderful uh, musician focusing on Asian flutes. Um, and we've had a trio, the Newborn Trio, since uh, 2008. Our first gig was in Kosovo for their International Flute Festival. Uh, and then I also have various other groups that are going on. One group with Chris Cochran and Viv Coringham. So in addition to my 45 years of playing glass, I've also have been doing electronics all along the way. When I lived in the Bay Area, I started playing Sampler and Sonic ASR-10, which, um, which also Dino and Bob Ostertag and Back in New York, uh, Zena Parkins also played. In the 90s, it was sort of the go-to instrument for, for experimental musicians because it was just so, so well-designed.
played at Roulette in 2006. I've moved back to New York in 2000. So that was sort of a retrospective. So I did a lot of glass and, um, and played a piece for Embira that I wrote in 1976 and some other things. And then in 2010, in my set was uh, my string quartets that I wrote for the Jack Quartet. So those were both, yeah, those were both in this, at the Soho space. And then in the new space, I've played, and Nextworks did a few shows there. I did a trio with Gelsey Bell, uh, worked with Fast Forward and a piece he did. So the Roulette has, of course, has been very helpful.
The music, sounds, and stories of composer Miguel Frasconi, including solo work and a piece for the Jack String Quartet, all recorded in concert at Roulette, plus a 1995 electronic trio with J.A. Dean and Bob Ostertag, recorded at the Hotel Utah in San Francisco. These programs are made possible in part with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and are a 2021 Webby Award honoree. Please subscribe. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.